If you're like me, you wish there were choices that you could kind of go back and make again, right? Like, wouldn't it be cool if there was a rewind button on life? You could just go, I want to do that again. And like kids playing kickball on the playground, when the game starts going away, they really don't like what do they do. Do over, do over, let's start over. Wouldn't it be great if we could do that with the choices that we make and look into our past and, and just go back and do it again and do it the right way this next time. Welcome to the first week of a series called Choose 2008. And if you haven't been to our website, choose2008.org, please go and visit that website. Look at some of the choices that people have posted on there. Post some of your choices. You can do it anonymously or put your name on there if you want. But take some time today or this week and go visit that. If you're here for the first time today, if somebody invited you to church, said, hey, you need to come and hear this at this church I go to, thanks for being here. You are why we do what we do. To let more people know that there's a God that loves them and there's this guy named Jesus Christ who wants to be a big, wants to be their life. So this is the first part of several weeks where we're talking about choices. You know, it's really easy to acknowledge that we all mess up. Anybody not mess up? Let me just start out first because anybody not mess up? Because if you don't, you could probably do a lot better job at this today than I'm going to do. And you, if you don't mess up, it means you're perfect. And I've said this before, if you're perfect, you've, you've happened into the wrong church today because, because there are no perfect people here. And if you, if you keep coming, you'll mess up the good thing we got going. So, but, but everybody makes choices and everybody makes bad choices. But wouldn't it be nice if we can kind of lessen the amount of bad choices that we make? If there was some kind of a, maybe a filter that we could run all of our choices through, that, that we could go back and, and make them again, but, you know, so we know we can't do that. But what about if we had this filter that we ran everything through before we made the choice? Wouldn't life be a lot different? What would your life look like if you could make those choices through a filter with a standard? Wouldn't it be nice if you could go back in time and talk to your younger self? Wouldn't that be cool? If you could go back and say, look, come, come here, we got to talk. Don't pick up the phone. <laughs> Don't say yes. Stay home and study. Don't get in the car. Don't pick that school. Don't pick that guy. Wouldn't that be cool to be able to do that? Because most people don't want to mess up. I've never met anybody that says, look, I want to make mistakes. I want to do really, really poor. Nobody ever sits in a, in a banker's office or in a, in a car dealer's office and says, look, I need you to max me out. I, I need you to put, here's my income and I need my debt to be right. In fact, let's go a little higher. Because at the end of every month, I want to be stressed out about how I'm going to pay my bills. I've never had a young couple come to me and say, hey, we just met. And I, we don't know each other well, but we want to go ahead and get married. We have been through the courting process. And I don't know him that well. He doesn't know me that well. It's only been a short time, but we want it hard. And, and we understand that marriage, marriage is something you have to work at anyway. So we just want to start off with challenges. Nobody does that. Nobody says, let's flirt so we, can all, so we can be led to being unfaithful to our spouse. Nobody says, you know what? I'm just going to do this little deal under the table. Nobody's going to know, so I, I want to be a dishonest person. Nobody says that. That's why they're called mistakes. And nobody sets out to make bad choices. Nobody sets out to say, you know what? I'm going to... I'm going to eat all I can, all the calories, all the sweets. I'm not going to exercise. I'm just going to sit on the couch, watch TV, grow old, and die. That's, nobody does that. 
nobody really chooses to make bad decisions, but somehow in our lives, that ends up happening. Now, what I'm talking about, and Mark and I are talking about over the next few weeks, we're not talking about things that happened to you that you had no control over. I'm talking about choices that you make. You might find yourself in a difficult situation you had absolutely nothing to do with. It's because somebody else did something to you. That's a whole other topic. But since we don't set out to make bad choices, how do they happen? I mean, it's not like they sneak up on us like, oh, no. We kind of know. We we can kind of tell what's coming. Most of the time, bad choices come because we don't think things through. It's finding that balance between spontaneity and planning. It's trying to figure out, how do I just jump, take this big leap of faith, but also have some kind of a filter to understand, is this the wise thing to do or not? I mean, that's one of the challenges about being spontaneous. Some people just like, let's jump and figure out how to pull the parachute on the way down. That's kind of been my mode of operation in life. Sometimes that can get you in a lot of trouble. So we have to figure out, how do I balance this spontaneity, this jumping out in faith and planning and having a filter to run all of my choices through. The only way to deal with all bad choices and prevent some bad choices is to have that standard, that that filter. So when you come up to a crossroads in life and you can either go down this road or you can go down that road and you're not sure which way to go, you're just kind of thinking which way. If you don't have a standard by which to judge... Well, how do you know? You just might as well toss a coin and just flip and say, okay, which way? And just take that one. But if you have this this rock, this standard that you always come back to to make the choice, you're going to be a lot less likely to make a bad choice. The Bible talks about choices. There's some Bibles coming down the aisles right now, going up the aisles right now. If you're here for the first time today, you don't have a Bible with you, or if you don't have a Bible, uh, please raise your hand and take one. At LifePoint, we believe that the words contained in there will lead you into a knowledge of what it means to have a relationship with Christ. We believe the words in there are true. So please take one, follow along today, or you can also read on the screen. You know, people have always dealt with choices. People have always dealt with standing at the crossroads and having to decide which way to go. The Old Testament, you don't have to read long to start to read about this Israelite nation, this nation of people who are God's chosen people. I don't know why God chose these people to be his chosen people. I, I don't, the Bible doesn't even say that. But there's something about that nation of people. When you read through the Bible, they just captured God's heart. And God chose them to do a lot of miraculous things through. God chose this nation of people, the Israelite, the Jewish nation, to work miracles through, to bring prophets out of that nation. And there was just a special place in God's heart for these people as he displayed his power. And the Israelite nation, they would get themselves in trouble all the time. In fact, you just start reading through Genesis, and then you you start to read that the Israelite nation found themselves in Egyptian slavery. That they'd been for 400 years in slavery in Egypt. That's how Egypt got all the stuff built that they have. It was built by by Israelite slaves. And, And they were there for 400 years. And then God sends a prophet. 
You, you've, you've seen the movie, right? You've seen the Ten Commandments. God, God sends this, this prophet named Moses. Um, no, that's the last question I'm going to have you answer. God sends this prophet. I was just making sure you're awake. Sends this prophet named Moses that goes up to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and says, God, let my people go. And he says, no, or Pharaoh, let my people go. He says, no. Then God sends all of these plagues on Egypt. Finally, Pharaoh says, okay, they can go. Let it, let it get them out of my sight. So they take off through the desert to this place God had promised them generations before called the promised land. Very good. All right. Okay, that's the last one I ask. Just seeing who went to Sunday school here when you were small. Or have, have watched television. So, so God leads them out through Moses. He's leading them out into the desert. And, and God guides them. God provides for them. And the, the, the Egyptian army changes their mind at the last minute. They go chasing after them. And that's the big scene you saw where Charlton Heston stands up and the sea splits apart. And they go across. And in the, when all the soldiers get in the water, it, fall, it comes back in and they all drown. And now here are the Israelite people. On the other side, delivered by God again. And they end up wandering around through a series of events for 40 long years in the desert, waiting to go to the promised land. And for those 40 years, God provided for these people. He provided when they needed guidance during the day. He provided a cloud when they needed guidance during the night. He provided this pillar of fire that they could follow so they knew which way to go. When they needed food, wasn't a lot of ways to garden in the desert, so he just let it fall out of heaven. This stuff called manna, it means what's that? They didn't know what it was. They just went out, fell down, and started chewing, and they had you know, breakfast or dinner or whatever. So God provided for these people time after time after time. Then the guy that led them out of Egypt dies. This new guy comes on the scene that he had been mentoring. His name is Joshua. And now Joshua is leading the Israelite people into the promised land. They get there. And Joshua stands up to tell them, here's what's going to happen. And he, he gives them this whole history, like what I, I just gave you. It's in the book of Joshua in the Old Testament, chapter 24. And he gives them this long history of where they had been, because it had been 40 years, and so a lot of people had died two generations. So he's reminding them of what God had done for them. And he says to them this in chapter 24, verse 14. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your that your forefathers worship beyond the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your forefathers that serve beyond the river, that's the Euphrates River, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're now living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. What Joshua is saying is, you all are standing at this crossroads and you need to make a choice. And he is reminding them of these other gods. These other gods that they had started to worship. The gods where they were now. The gods when they were in Egypt. And they, they always worshipped God, but they had these other gods that they also worshipped. In Egypt, there were 20,000 gods. 20,000. They had a god for everything. They thought the Nile, the river, was a god. They had this god of apes. They had the god of sex. They had the god of uh, everything. Just you name it, and they had a god for it. If they saw someone trusting in something or acting in a certain way, they just named it. There's a god. They must have the god of whatever, and they just named it. They had 20,000 different gods. And then 
He says, some of you worship this Amorite God, which was just the moon. That's who they worshiped. And the Israelites, these people who had been rescued, who had been delivered, who had been guided by God, found themselves finally in the land that God had promised. And even though they watched God do some fantastic, amazing, wonderful things, they chose to be influenced by their surroundings, and they began to worship what their culture worshipped. You know what they did? They, they tried to walk the line, like walk in a balance beam. And they said, God over here, and they had these other gods over here. We wouldn't call them gods today. They just When they saw somebody trusting in something else, they just called it a god. We, we would call it things, we would say things like materialism, or greed, or lust, Those are the kinds of things they identified as God because to them, everything you did in life was a spiritual thing. So if they saw somebody going in a direction, they just named that a God. We don't don't speak that way today, but what Joshua is saying is those of you who are walking the line, you've been with God, you've seen what he does, you need to make a choice and you need to get off the balance beam. You, you need to choose right now. Today's the day. It's been all of these years, this long journey. You've seen God work. Today's the day. You must make a choice. The word that he used for choose when, when Joshua said, you need to choose. It's a, it's a Hebrew word. from the old. That's what the Old Testament was written in, was the language Hebrew. And here's the word. I want you to pronounce this with me. It's, it's batcher. You say, batcher. Very good. It means to select, to test, to prefer, to choose. It carried with it the idea of weighing all the options. Look at all the options and then make a choice. I can remember when our kids were little, we would give them a dollar or two and send them to the candy rack in the grocery store, and they got to choose whatever kind of candy they wanted. And did they ever just, did your kids do this? Mine didn't. But did yours ever run up and just grab it? This is the one I want. Dad got it. No, they stood there and they contemplated like chocolate, chocolate with nuts, pure sugar. How about Skittles? You know, just they, they would contemplate. Do I want gum? Do I want something chewy? Do I want something that's going to melt all over my hand? And they would, and you would say, just pick something. It's all sugar in different forms. Just get some candy. That's what this, this word choose carried with it was the idea of take a look around, weigh all of the options, and then choose. You've been influenced by other gods. You've walked this balanced beam, not deciding this side or that side. And Joshua says, today's the day you need to make a choice. Not a blind choice. He's not saying, hey, there's this God that you need to choose. They had watched God work, some of them, their entire life. They had watched God work. And he's saying, now, You have to make your choice. Make up your mind. See, everybody's got to make up their own mind when it comes to God. Everybody. You can't decide for me. You can't decide for your kids. You can't decide for your husband, for your wife, for anybody else in the world. You have to make your own choice. I remember when I was searching for something. I was in college. I was searching around, looking. I was searching for God, and I, I weighed some other options. When I played those things out for the rest of my life, they didn't look very good. And in the end, I made the choice. I said, I'm going to get off this balance beam, and I'm going to choose God. 
You know, maybe that's why you're here today. Maybe somebody asked you to come and you're skeptical. You're not sure. You're kind of weighing the options. Is this church thing really relevant to my life? Does God really have something to say? And Jesus Christ, I'm not sure about him. And if you're one of those people, you have found the perfect place to be skeptical. You found the perfect place to ask the tough questions about God, about the Bible, about Jesus Christ, about church, about doctrine, about any of that stuff. You have found what I believe to be one of the safest places you can be skeptical and ask questions. It's an important choice. And God doesn't ask anybody to make it blindly. Many years before Joshua said this, that I, that I just read out of Joshua 24, he said this. Look on the screen. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, he says, Now what I'm, command, now what I'm commanding you today, this is God, is not, to set, is not too difficult for you to... Is that right? Not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It's hard. I'm looking straight up. See, I said before you today a choice between life and prosperity, between death and destruction. God said, long before Joshua said this, he said, I'm setting for you a choice. And he goes on to say, oh, that you would choose life. It's an important choice because this choice determines how I make all the other choices. This is the cornerstone choice. This is the lens through which I view all other choices and everything else I do. This, this, this choice can become your standard because you've got to have standards. You have, even if you don't know God today, you still have some kind of a standard you use to make choices. Because without standards, there's nothing but chaos. Write this down. My choices should determine my actions. You know, when you make a choice, let's say you make the choice that you are going to be healthy, that you are going to be fit. You're thinking, why are you talking about that? Let's say you made the choice, okay, that you're going to be fit, that you're going to be lean and mean and be your perfect weight, and and you just make the choice. That's what you're going to be. Or maybe you make the choice that you're going to be debt-free. You're debt-free. You're going to resist the credit card thing. You're going to resist installment credit. You are just going to go completely debt-free, and you make those choices. That's a standard. So what you've developed is, is a standard down here for choices. And if you play that out in your mind and say, well, if I, if I, as far as my health goes, as far as my finances go, if I make the right choice, then man, I can see what it's going to look like out here. That's, that's going to be awesome when I get up there and I'm debt-free, when I get up there and I'm at my fighting weight, you know, the perfect weight, and I'm, I'm lean, and I can go down a few sizes. And because you want to be here, it determines what choices you make. It determines what choice you make when you pass that stack of Krispy Kremes out in the lobby every morning. It helps determine that. When you see something you have to have and you don't have the money and you whip out the wallet and you pull out the credit card, that determines because you've got this standard. I want to be debt free. I want to be in good shape. But what happens if you choose to eat a Krispy Kreme? One Krispy Kreme, that's not going to hurt you. That's, it tastes really good. I'd say everybody should have one, right? That's not good. What happens if you just happen to charge something a little, little, you know, it's not going to really change much, but what happens if you do it again and you do it again and you do it again? 
The cumulative effect of not making choices based on your standard will lead you in a completely different direction. It'll change the trajectory of where you want to go. So if I'm down here and I say, These are my, this is my standard of choices for health and finances, and I make a little bad choice here, well, that's okay. That's not too bad. You can get back on track. But if I, the cumulative effect over time, and I continue to make bad choices, and then here I am. And you, you get on in life, and you think, how did I get here? I thought we were going to be debt-free. And you're looking in the mirror and you're like, where did this come from? I thought I was going to be lean and mean in six months. What happened? It's because you got off the standard down here where you said, this is going to determine. We're here, right? The further you get off track, the more discipline it's going to require to get back. You can get back. It's never too late. But it requires a lot more work and discipline as the trajectory of your life changes. So when God says, choose me, weigh all the options, choose me, he wants you to know when you do, it changes the, the entire direction, the trajectory of your life. Because God's plan for you, you know what God's plan for you is? It's the verse you hear me say all the time, John 10, verse 10. When Jesus Christ said, I've come so you can have life and have it to the full. So when you make when you make that choice, when you say, you know what, I want I want to have I want to have the full life. I want the whole I want the full life that God offers. Now that becomes the standard of all my decisions. And if, if that's the standard for my decisions, then I can just play my life out and see, man, that full life, wow. That's gonna be awesome. That full life that Jesus Christ promised that we can all have, awesome. I want it. So if you decide that, if you make that choice, if, if you get past the questions you have and you start to make that choice, that's going to determine how you make other choices. When you make that choice for the full life, then that's going to determine how you spend your money. That's going to determine how you treat your husband or your wife. That's going to determine how you do business deals. That's going to determine how you treat your children and how you raise them. That's going to determine how you speak. That's going to determine how you think. This choice will determine everything you do. And that filter, oh man, there's so many choices in my life. I wish I had that filter in place and that standard in place when I made them. Thinking about, I want the full life, so I have to make this choice. I was listening to author and speaker one time. His name's Tony Campolo. And he was talking about speaking to these group of teenagers. And this one girl, 17 years old, came up and he was talking about uh, how, how they need to make choices. And he said, or she said to him, she said, you know what, I, I, I really don't have that hard of a time making the right choice. Because 17, that's a tough age. You're hit with all these different temptations. But she went on to tell him that she wanted to be a, a brain surgeon. Not only that, she wanted to do that for babies and try to, try to fix birth defects. And she just had this heart that she wanted to go through school, through medical school, beyond school past that, and she knew that out there, this life was waiting for her, way out there, that I'm going to be this, this person that does research, this person that helps find cures, this person that helps make, make babies better. And she said, at 17 years old, she said, that's what keeps me out of the back seat of the car with my boyfriend. That's what keeps me from going to the party and chugging down a few. Because I know that if I'm in that atmosphere, it could cause me to make some really bad choices. So everything I do, I run it through. Okay, where do I want to be? Where do I want to go? So that determines what I do and what I don't do now. Man, 17, I was like 
35 before I ever figured that out. Now, if, 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 you, if you found yourself and you're thinking, I'm not living the full life, here's why. It's because when you make decisions and, and you say, you know what, I, okay, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And then, and then it looks just like the other, the other thing I just drew is you begin to make choices and choices and choices and, and the cumulative effect, you know, one or two bad choices, everybody, okay, get past that. And you're not running any choices through this filter and you start to make choices and choices and choices and you find out, find yourself over here, those of you in the back that says empty. And you find yourself empty and you're thinking, how did I get here? How did I get to this place where I'm empty? I made this choice long ago, but now I'm empty. Maybe you never made the choice. Maybe you don't even have a standard and you still feel that, that emptiness. Nobody says, I don't want a full life. I want to struggle. I want to be down. I want to be depressed. I want to be alone. Nobody says that. But person after person finds themselves all the way over here as a consequence of the choices they made all along the way. And the cumulative effect over time leads you in a direction away from the full life. Everybody has bad weeks. Everybody messes up and, and, and family time's not a priority. Everybody messes up and, and says things they shouldn't say, thinks, th- thinks of things they shouldn't think of, does things they shouldn't do gets addicted to things they shouldn't be addicted. Everybody makes those mistakes. But when you begin to stack those on top of each other, it has this cumulative effect over time that you find yourself so far away from this full life that God says every human being can have. Here's three questions that will help you every time you make decisions. If you don't write anything else down today, write these down. When it's decision time, When you're standing at the crossroads and you could go this way or you could go that way, ask yourself these three questions. You might write them different. It doesn't matter. But get these three concepts down. In light of the commitments I've made, what is the wise choice? Question number two. In light of my current circumstances, what is the wise choice? And the big one. In light of my future dreams and God's promises, what is the wise choice? Those three choices will help you weigh the option, will help you batcher, will help you look and say, okay, which way should I go? I know where this leads. I know where that could lead. What's the best way to go? If we stop and ask ourselves those three questions, we're still going to make mistakes because we're human, but we'll be a lot less likely to have that cumulative effect over time where you make the same mistake over and over and over. Now, what if this is you over here? You're thinking, I feel great today. Thanks. You know, you gave me that pepped up message. I appreciate it. Let's go to lunch. I mean, if you're over here and you're empty and you know what the full life is like, you, you know what, you know what, you see people live it and you want it. What if you found yourself making bad choice after bad choice and you find yourself over here empty, hurting, alone, full of regret? What do you do? Listen what the Bible says in the New Testament, the book of Ephesians. It's a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a church. And here's what, he's, what he tells this church. Even before God, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us 
in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. See, the good news is, if you found yourself over here, yeah, there are going to be consequences. There's always consequences to bad decisions and mistakes. But you don't have to stay over here. Because before the world was ever created, before God ever said, let there be light, he chose you. Evidently, he had options too. And he was weighing the options, this or that. He could have created anything he wanted to create. He could have done anything he wanted to do. He could have chosen anybody he wanted to choose. And he chose us. So he's not asking us to do anything he hasn't already done. When he says, choose. So what if you're over here? Well, that verse in Ephesians, you know what that means? It means that God will bring the full life to you anytime you want it. Anytime you ask. Anytime you say, God, I've got to get this back on track. I want to reset my standard. All you have to do is ask because he's waiting because he's already chosen you. He already wants to help you have, live the full life. He's just waiting for you to say, oh, geez, I messed up. I want to live the full life. And I know that in a crowd this size, some of you are sitting here today with a big choice in front of you about many different things. I'm sure there's people in here that have huge choices that will change the entire trajectory of your life. If you ask yourself those three questions, because what those three questions will lead you towards is the full life that God offers. So if you're here, God will build, God will come and get you. If you're not, if you don't even know about choices, if you don't even know how to make them, get that filter, that foundation, and God will lead you to the full life. And that can be your standard for all other choices. So if you look forward in life and then bring that back to where you are today, like that 17-year-old girl, you can say, well, that's going to determine the choices I make now because I don't want to get down the road and be so far off of the full life that I've got to deal with some heavy consequences and a lot of pain for the rest of my life. Make the choice now that that's the direction you want to go. And of course, you make mistakes and get off and the line's probably more like this than it is straight up. But you're going in the right direction. And that is what's important. Over the next few weeks, as you choose life, Mark and I are going to be talking to you about some people in the Bible. You know, there's stories in the Bible all through it about people making choices, good choices and bad choices. And, and when you open up those stories, as I'm going to encourage everybody to do, and you start to read them, you're going to say, that's me. I mean, God just didn't write the Bible so he'd be a bestseller. I mean, it's there because it, it applies to our lives. And as you open that up and start to read, you say, that's me. Well, that's me. Well, that happened. And, and you're going to be amazed at how much of yourself you will find in God's word. That's because it's a living, active thing and it's powerful. So over the next few weeks, if you've got choices that you're trying to make, don't miss any of the next five weeks because you're going to hear any possible choice you could make. You're going to be better equipped to make it. You're going to have that filter on so you don't have to say, Gosh, I've got this regret way back there. I wish I could hit the rewind button. You're just going to be looking forward and you don't have to look back anymore. Let's pray. God, thank you for the way you make it so clear, so clear that you want to be in our lives.
God, thank you for choosing us before we ever even knew to choose you. God, for the people or even the person that's sitting here today with a big choice in front of them, I pray that they will put those three questions on their refrigerator and look at them every day. And God, for the person that sits here today feeling empty and their life is not full, I pray they would walk across that bridge that you have created through your son, Jesus Christ. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.